2: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in.
3: Here's Lindergaard, making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start, after just six minutes.
2: Stansfield, good turn away
3: from Trott, goal!
4: Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast. I'm Ian and on this evening's episode, today's episode, whenever you're listening, uh, we've got quite a busy one. We've got the quiz at the end. We've got a chat with... Ian Wilding, who is uh, BBC Radio Solent's broadcaster who covers a lot of Easter games, who will be covering Yeovil on Saturday, and here to talk about the Tuesday night defeat at Wealdstone and hopefully a bit of a change of form at Eastley is Mr. David Coates. Good evening. And Marcus Duncan, welcome back. Good
3: evening, thank you for having me. I think. Yeah, I'll we had to it. have
0: Marcus back, didn't he? Because he was the only <laughs> he was there on Tuesday. Plus, he's going to be there on on Saturday, and he's going to be sat next to uh, an Eastly fan, by the sounds of it. Going to have to put him to rights, I think. Marcus I don't know there. this.
4: <laughs> he's not. He's not an Eastly fan.
0: All oh, right. He, he, he ran he, their radio station last season, apparently. Yeah.
4: He, well, I think it's more geographical. Oh, okay. He's a Wolves fan, actually. So he'll be, he? he'll be. He might be busy while we're recording this. Um, right. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but he's. Yeah, just ended up, you know, people end up liking the team they cover. Don't know if it's on their beat, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, that's his excuse, is it? <laughs> well, should we talk about Wildstone? I, you know, we that's have what... to. <laughs> I'm
0: going to put
4: myself on mute and just
0: let Marcus do it. Yeah. I'll sit <laughs> here
4: and cry. I mean, that's what the people are here for, probably to hear about that pleasant evening. Um, yeah. Marcus, talk us. <laughs>
3: Talk us through
0: it. Talk
3: to us, Marcus. Talk to us. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was really bad. It was one of the, <laughs> it was, it was one of the worst. Well, obviously last season, a lot of them were bad, but it just felt, I mean, like it's a proper non-league sort of club, um, and uh, Yeovil should be beating teams like that. And just the manner it happened, it, it actually started like a really good game. Uh, I said to Ian on commentary, this isn't going to be nil-nil because both us and Wealdstone have really struggled for goals. And uh, the first 15, 20 minutes were really sort of uh, end-to-end, both quite frail defensively and not finishing chances. Uh, Both teams were just going long ball, weirdly. Um, It was just sort of completely bypassing the midfield. And then Yeovil had a really good spell, I don't, you've probably seen the highlights. Charlie Wakefield had a good shot, which the keeper saved from an angle with his feet. Um, and about half, half an hour in, it sort of turned into a bit of a lull. Everything calmed down a bit. Not much happened. And then the two goals just before half-time, they were awful. They, they were just terrible. It was, such a, it was such a quiet moment. Nothing was going on. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, they're running down the right-hand side and get a scrappy shot away, and then Herrera just comes in and pokes it in front of was it Wilkinson? He got there in front Wilkinson. of Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the second goal was even worse, wasn't it? I mean the the court, it was what three four minutes later, and uh, just let it bobble to the far post. And looking at the angle that the Wheelstone fans got from behind the goal, there is just no. Yovel player at that far post and he was just there to tap it in and then from there you just knew, at half time I sort of knew Yovel we were never going to get back into it because when do we score more than two goals? Like, let alone two to equalise but it was and then in the second half it. what frustrated me was that the there was a sort of lack of urgency and desire to equalise last season when we were constantly going behind early doors it was almost like we needed that to suddenly start playing and then we would actually start playing well whereas it just didn't happen like the whole of the second half we got quite a fortunate soft penalty to give us half a chance and I thought okay maybe we'll now only a goal down we will actually kick on but it was uh there was just yeah wheelstone frustrated the players they did that well to be fair but there was just a very barely any chance of no, it's not like against Weymouth where Yusuf missed that could have won it. There was just nothing really, it's like, oh, we should have got that. It just, we just could not create any openings, which didn't look like we knew how to. And it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible and a, a damning sort of indictment of where we are at the moment. I think it sort of brought me a bit back down to earth from a from th- talking to someone after the game about us being in the Championship felt a very long time ago. <laughs> why do you depress yourself doing
0: that? That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's just masochism. But I mean, defensively, has been our thing this season, isn't it? Yes, we don't score goals, but defensively, we've looked good. And I, and I mean, you look at the back fours, um, obviously Williams, because, you know, why wouldn't you play a center or full-back? Um, Jack, uh, Jack Robinson, Barkley and Wilkinson. Now, I don't know if that quartet has been together before because Barkley's obviously only been around for the last three or four, isn't he? But, I mean, what was it about them? Or or was it that they didn't look defensively frail, but we just got
3: all over the place for both the goals? Yeah, there was a bit of a lack of uh, pace, to be fair, from both defences. Because we were just going for the long ball over to Wakefield, which was working well. He kept on just getting in behind then couldn't really... Get a, create a shooting opportunity. And then with them, they kept uh, pumping over. To, I think it was Jackson who was the quicker of their strikers who kept beating Wilkinson and Barkley. And I, that defence isn't the... It's not the quickest. No. And then um, I, don't, you know, I don't think they have played before because Robinson hasn't started many since coming back from injury. No. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it's exactly what I said that on radio at the time, that when a team is built on it's defensive stability and that's how they're going to go about winning games. There can be absolutely no room for those errors because if, if they can't score goals, then you can't concede first. And I, I said before the match that every game, every game we've won this season, we scored first in. So when, uh, when Wheelstone scored, it's, it seemed like the writing on the wall, but it was just, yeah, I, I don't know what, it was two errors that, I could say The first wasn't as much of an error. The second one was a clear error from just the whole defence. It was a lack of organisation. I wonder if it had something to do with Skivo not being there. I know he was in charge of set pieces a lot, um, but it was just a lack of direction and it was just a bit of a calamity, to be honest. I mean, there was an error against Weymouth as well. We hadn't seen that many this season from very unlike Yeovil, but they're, they're naturally starting to creep in now. So <laughs> nature is resuming. Yeah, by the
0: looks of it, they're 14 minutes at the end of that old game. Was that back for Barkley, Williams, Wilkinson and uh, Robinson when Robinson came on for Mark Little against old? But that seems to be the only time they played together. Give them that excuse, shall we?
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they kept a clean sheet for those 14 minutes. So yeah, exactly. Did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the um, I, I put in our group chat, didn't I, Dave? I said, that's game over it. 2-0, because yeah. like you said, we're never going to score two, are we? Um, when you look at us going forward and the, the attacking performance, you said we were a bit long ball, and we, we kind of were against Solihull as well, without really having a target man to aim for. I mean, one thing I noted on listening on Tuesday, that I didn't hear a lot of mentions of Reuben Reed. Um and I just wonder, you know, the, don't look at me like that, Dave. <laughs> Lucky (laughs) you lack anything. And I just keep, I can't get out of my head that our performances against Wrexham and Woking with the three of Sonny, Knowles and Wakefield. I don't know why we're not going back to that. I don't know why we've avoided it since, well, pretty much since Sonny gave the ball away in the fourth minute for Weymouth to score. Um, it kind of feels like he's a little bit in the bad books, but you know how how did
3: Redo what what attacking wise what what was it? <laughs> Where were we? Uh, there wasn't much. The, the outlet was was Wakefield. That was clear. They just kept trying to find him to break the sort of defensive line. I, I remember thinking actually, I think it was in, literally about thirty seconds in. We played a long ball over to like the left-hand side in right in front of where I was. And Ruben Reid came, sort of pushed two wheeled wheel-side defenders away, chested it down really nicely. I was thinking, oh yeah, this this is Ruben's game. He's going <laughs> to absolutely dominate and bully them. But he, I genuinely can't remember anything he did after, after that, which wasn't really a thing. Uh, there was a free kick that he controlled, but I mean, he didn't really do anything. It was the keeper sort of rushed out unnecessarily a bit strangely and that that was also frustrating their keeper seemed really he's a young i can't remember how old he is i think he was 19 or something uh on loan from fulham wickens and he seemed quite shaky like he came out for that one i think that's in the highlights and then he spilt a ball from Knowles. he kept trying to come for the long throws and wouldn't claim them i just wish we tested him a bit more but Apart from Knowles' long shot and Wakefield's low-driven effort, he, there were no opportunities. But, yeah, Reed did nothing. And I, I was actually saying that we need to bring Yusuf on. I, I think Wakefield is our best... At the moment, I think Wakefield is definitely the best striker at the club, which is not something I thought I'd be saying at the beginning of the season. Uh, but yeah, he's—it's. I think you're right. That front three is clearly... It worked for those games, and I get that he made a mistake against Weymouth, but it just hasn't worked with anything else since Quigley's gone, so I think we should just revert back to that because it's clearly quite frightening for defenders. They, you don't really know where they're going to go. They can all swap wings, and Knowles can go in the middle for two minutes, and Wakefield can go on the right. But, yeah, Reed did did nothing, to be honest. I can't remember when he came off. I think it was about 56 minutes, but Yusuf, again, when he had the final... 35 minutes not 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 much I can't remember anything he did to be honest no and I think I I
4: mean I think that front three they've probably they're probably three of our players who've played the most together albeit not in that you know that formation as such Um, but they just seem to have a connection that none of our other forward combinations seem to have matched all season and you know this is not a Ruben Reed bashing session because having watched us so many times this year, the service for our strikers has pretty much been non existent. Um, and unless you're, I don't know, unless you're messy and you're just willing to grab a game by the balls, you're not gonna get much going forward. And obviously, we don't particularly have a messy, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've noticed no,
0: and Reid isn't a player that you can play the ball to long ball to, is he? He's constantly, I, I, I think it's the Woking game when he was on, he was constantly shouting for the ball to be played to his feet. Um, which obviously you know is would be a love, uh, would be a lovely thing, but that that seems to be where his strength isn't it. But nobody seems to listen to him, he uh, just keep on pumping it long because I suppose he is a big guy and he's got a good touch.
3: Yeah, no, you're, you're right as well that it's it's not really fair to say he did nothing because he didn't have any uh, sort of service. But I think the difference to when we we're playing that sort of uh, more dynamic front three of Wakefield, Knowles and Sonny is that I think there's just more movement from all the more sort of quick move. And that's what Wakefield does so well. And I think having him there quickly making a run and then someone can slip him through if, if they see him, is uh is what we were missing, but yeah, he didn't really have any chances. Reid, but he also didn't. I uh, yeah, I don't. It's hard to affect a game like that when you're playing in that position. I think to be fair. Yeah,
4: yeah, I'd agree. I think two of the other big misses, who you know, ended up playing most of the game against Solihull, were Lawson Diath and Mark Little, and you know, obviously they're just coming back from injury and haven't you know. Neither of them have completed 90 yet. Um, were you surprised to not see them on the bench or at least around to, you know, make a make a difference if we were 2-1 down with 20 minutes left to go? I can think of a few better players than Lawson they have to bring on, even if he has played 70 minutes a few day, days before.
3: Yeah, I, I was surprised not to see Little, at least on the bench at all, because he's been back now for, what, three three weeks or so? And um, two or three weeks, and he—I think he—he he could have been on the bench, certainly. DF, I wasn't as surprised that, to be honest, because when was it? It was uh, end of May, so he hasn't played for however long—nine months, months, yeah—and yeah. I, I Darren Sol really didn't want him to play those seventy minutes. I don't think against Sully because. He's basically in his pre-season and rehab at the moment. So I wasn't too surprised to see him. I think it was probably the safest option because I'm terrified every time he comes on the pitch now that he's just <laughs> going to get absolutely broken. Uh, I, I imagine he'll be back in for Eastleigh, but I think it was just that Tuesday afterwards he wasn't quite ready after playing the most he has done in nine months. Yeah. But we were definitely screaming out for him. I wish he was available. Because what what Wheelstone did very well, to be fair to them, and I, I imagine... Their manager had been watching a few of Darren's uh, press conferences, is that as soon as we got the ball on the halfway line, they were playing sort of three, five, and it just turned into a, a back eight as soon as we got the ball. And they, they literally dropped back onto the edge of their penalty box. And then Staunton and Gorman would sort of pass it round a bit. They have no pressure on them, but then they just didn't really know what to do. And, Soul said so many times that that is not it doesn't suit our side at all. We've seen that quite a few times. Seems to be these teams we struggle against, like Dover, similar Kingsley obviously was different, but Weymouth as well. And we we they literally just didn't know what to do. Like they were sat so deep and we just couldn't do anything. It was so frustrating to watch. But were, we needed someone running, someone to pick them out, and that's where Lawson Diaz so good. But he he wasn't there, and to be honest, would he've made the? I think we we may have got an equaliser with him in the side, a fully fit Diaz, but we 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 really were missing that creativity in midfield and that those runs, that movement to to get into a goal scoring position.
0: Yeah. I think their manager speaking before the game said he watched our game at we- against Weymouth so I don't know there seemed to be again just listening from commentary but seemed to be echoes of the first half against Weymouth in what you saw there on Tuesday
3: Yeah and they, they were doing it even at nil nil, like before they scored They it was, it was bizarre I was thinking what on earth are they doing because that's just going to come back to bite them but it worked absolutely perfectly and we just couldn't do anything about it and that was I got a bit frustrated that we didn't have uh Little or Bradley at right back or Dan Moss. I think Willie, I, I really like Williams and he's done absolutely nothing wrong. But he's not a fullback. Yeah, it, it was just and they were actually giving him so much space. They were sort of doubling up on all the other players. Then Williams, they were just allowing room. I thought, oh, this is all right. But then. He's just he's just not a fullback to get crosses in, take players on, and there was a lot of room on the flanks. If we could have doubled up with fullbacks and wingers on each side, uh, who knows what could have happened? But it just didn't really happen. And Robinson as well is a more because he's played at centre back as well. He's I mean obviously he's more of a natural left back, but I think Barnett's a more attacking left back than him. Not that Robinson isn't, but it was just a bit. But yeah, I I, I would have liked to see a full back at right back. And I, when Bradley did come on, I do think he was a bit better um, taking players on, getting to the sort of touchline, bringing the ball to the touchline, winning corners, which Williams wasn't really doing. But as I say, he's done nothing wrong, Williams. And I, I'd i like to see him a game at centre-back, which I don't think I've seen from him this season. So that would be good.
4: We saw him come on against
3: Chesterfield. But the, <laughs> le- the less said about that, the
4: better.
0: Yeah, he did play a game when Wilkinson was out at centre-back, didn't he? Was it Wrexham? Wrexham game, maybe? With, J- with Staunton?
4: Wasn't he left? Wasn't he left? He left. Because I remember, yeah, I think he played left-back. Okay, maybe maybe not. Maybe I got that wrong then.
0: He did, he, he, he played left-back at um, uh, Woking, so maybe, maybe he hasn't. I thought he was centre-back at some point, but
4: I would not at the way. It feels, it feels like a shame that we're, you know, we're talking about <laughs> a player again. You know, it's like he's doing a job uh, in a position that's not really his position
3: when we've got players who can play there. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still so confused by, by what Bradley has to do to get into the side. I, I really liked him last season. Mm-hmm. And obviously Little's a great player, but when he's not in the side... I mean, I, I just don't know what he's done. I don't. <laughs> but he, he was he was bright when he came on, and uh, but he definitely won't be starting against Eastley, Let's be honest. No, he might not even be there. Who knows? <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, the manager asked for some characters, a, just... a spike, didn't he? A spike yeah, cool. in the dressing room and some characters and. And, this, you know, he wants to look at the coaching structure as well. Um, as of recording, we've not heard of any spikes being added other than a report in the uh, what publication, was it? Where are we? Portsmouth the po- News. The Portsmouth News. Um, Alfrey Bridgman has supposedly been on trial with a view to a loan move Uh 17 a se- year old.
0: I was going to 17 year old winger isn't really a spike. is that he's looking yeah, for
4: a, a spiking character? Get him that, in. We need bodies.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Is that an indication of uh, the market we're shopping in? It's, I think it's it a bit of a strange is. one.
3: There's a very un Darren soul signing as well. He doesn't typically like, apart from players he sort of has coach, like Sonny. I don't. I wouldn't have thought he'd get in. Sort of seventeen on a loan. Haven't seen that for a while. I mean, yeah. Corker was seventeen, wasn't he, when he came in? But Corker <laughs> yeah. uh, like <laughs> <Goldberg. laughs> was built like Rio Ferdinand at
4: seventeen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He was born in two thousand and four. <laughs> blimey. He um. Yeah, it's a very strange one. I mean, if he can do a job up front, then I take him. But. Yeah,
0: I think his scholarship is up at Portsmouth at the end of the season. So whether that's got anything to do with it or not, I don't know. But yeah, we did send Ben, didn't we, uh, shopping or Ben sent himself (laughs) shopping, I should say, uh, in the bargain basement of the free agent section of Transfer to try and find someone. He came up with Shayon Harrison, who anyone who remembers that three-all drawer at Exeter in 2017 um, will remember him and remember him. Try not to remember what happened towards the end of that. Game.
3: Now, who else scored in that game? Oh, cool. Oh,
0: yeah, Reuben R- Reed. <laughs> yeah, didn't he score twice, or did he score the equaliser? Can't
3: remember. Yeah, he scored the third one. Yeah. Well, there you was it was his back
4: to goal? Yeah. Lost <laughs> <laughs> back heel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he's picked up a couple of others. Brandon Barker, a one-time Man City youth prospect, who had a short loan at. Oxford
3: and I'll tell you and, what, he, he used to be unbelievable on football manager. Brandon <laughs> Bark. He he genuinely used to become the best best player in the world. So I'd be surprised if we managed to he get genuinely him, used but... to be one of the best players in the world. So i would be surprised for <laughs> no, used, used to become used to become one of in this oh, parallel right. universe. Ah, yeah. <laughs> no, well,
4: who knows? Who knows? It may still happen. You know, he's how old is he? Does Ben say how old he is?
3: 20, 25? Yeah. yeah ah, he's up.
4: 25. When did Nathan Smith join us? Nathan, Nathan Smith was a late bloomer, wasn't he? Although I don't know if he... Good good up, but he wasn't much of a striker, <laughs> though, was he? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He scored a good goal once. Yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did
0: Ruben Ring. But then you um, got another one, Jerome Sinclair, that he's got here. And he said... All the talent in the world as a youngster with Liverpool and Watford was meant to be destined for greatness, but unless greatness is a small suburban area just outside the Bulgarian city of Sofia, where he's last seen, it never really happened. So there you go, Jerome Sinclair as well.
3: He was another. He was another wonder kid, Jerome Sinclair. Right. He became. Um, I think he, be- he became the yo- he was the became the youngest Premier League player ever when he made his debut at sixteen. But uh, yeah, says his career has dwindled slightly. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, dwindle no longer. Join the <laughs> lovers. <laughs> the, world,
0: the world's finest youngsters. The Wunderkinder. Darren's <laughs> Wunderkinder.
4: Who aren't, uh, so, uh, aren't so kinder anymore, really, <laughs> are they? Um, who's the other one? No. Jermaine Hilton, 28. Yeah. And not a shabby amount of goals. So let's... What is a shabby amount of goals? Someone say goals. 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 Doing some of that.
0: Yeah. But then Ben does point out that Adi Youssef scored nearly 30. um, Or he and Adi Youssef scored nearly 30 between them at Solihull. There you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what. what Reunite them. Reunite them. (laughs) Adi reunited.
3: Maybe that's what he needs. Since he stopped playing with Adi, he scored three goals. So. It's clearly the, uh, the yin to his yang. There you go. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> right. So, ahead of
4: uh, Eastleigh on Saturday, uh, I've spoken to Ian Wilding. So, here's that, and we'll be back after. <laughs> I'm delighted to welcome to the Glover's cast, Ian Wilding, who is the uh, freelance journalist who does a lot of coverage for BBC Solent. So uh, he'll be covering Eastleigh versus Town on Saturday uh, with a bit of a green tint to him, hopefully, because it's on BBC Somerset, this one. Um, Ian, two out of form sides going up against each other on Saturday. Are you expecting a classic? Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say
2: yes, I am, but uh, often inside... <laughs> you Go, you, you look at these fixtures, and sometimes a lot of the time, it's two times through the motions at this time of the year. You look at yoval and Eastley, and the two sides are Yeovil 10 points off a playoff place, Yeovil just easily just a few points behind them. So, neither side are going to get relegated, and uh, you'd say slim chance of pushing for that playoff place if one of these teams go on a run, uh, but it's it's one of these matches. It's, it's got draw written all over it, I think, but hopefully I'm wrong and it can be an entertaining game
4: and an end-to-end match. Yeah, well, we were quite optimistic going into our match against Wildstone last night, but that didn't turn out so well. Um, There's been a bit of change at East, hasn't there? Ben Strevens um, stepped down or mutually parted ways with the club. What, what was the sort of situation there? Because at the time, it So he didn't look particularly out of form, but since he's gone, it's not been great.
2: No, it came as a surprise, actually, when it happened a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they lost to Dover away on the Tuesday. It was Dover's first win for a year. I mean, nobody loses to Dover, (laughs) really, and no one's lost to Dover since. So it was one of those miserable nights. Kind of knew it was going to be a miserable night. We were stuck in M25 traffic, took about four and a half hours to get there, and had the the feeling it was going to be one of those nights. And then they lost... And then the decision was made the day after to part company with Ben Strebens. It came off the back. It wasn't just that result, it was four defeats in a row up to that point. But I mean, even so, he'd done a fantastic job there, steadied the ship. He'd gotten to the playoffs against all odds in his first season. And not only that, but he'd been a player, manager, and a coach for a total of nine years at the club. So he'd become a bit of an easy legend. And you'd say that 14th, where they were when he left, was about where they should be as far as the budget. Obviously, the club felt that they wanted to go into a, a different direction. Yeah,
4: and often we see, you know, clubs have someone lined up to come in when they make this type of decision, but uh, hmm. still got a caretaker in place at the moment. Is there any sign of, is he going to be given the role permanently or is it sort of a recruitment process ongoing?
2: I think he certainly liked to get the job permanently. He said that he would, you know, be, well, he hasn't ruled himself out anyway when I asked him if he liked the job on a permanent basis, as they often don't. Um, I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a guy who's responsible for bringing through a lot of players through the National League South, uh, bringing in gems really from the Southern League, National League South. He's done a lot of recruitment himself, in players like Joe Tomlinson, who's at Peterborough now, Rob Atkinson, who's now at Bristol City. So he's got a great track record. So it would be a real shame to lose Jason Bristow for recently completely. So hopefully he will stay on if he doesn't become manager. But the club have put on a an advert actually on their website to say uh, adverts or the managerial vacancy closes for the 12th of February. So I'm not sure how many people are going to apply. I can imagine a few supporters will be applying for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're in no rush to appoint a manager. And I suppose there's no real rush at the moment because I say they're not really going anywhere this season. So it, it would be sensible for them to take their time get it right and get somebody in who can have a look at the players now at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, so
4: I, I suppose yeah, when you put it in that perspective, you know, it's a um. There's no point jumping the gun at this stage with, the the, the relegation, spaces are quite far away, so no disasters hopefully, and you won't get sucked into that because we'd quite like to see Weymouth disappear. Um, <laughs> so, do you think so easily the current position they're in is that that's about way, where, where they should be? Because I, I suppose last year after. Reaching the, the playoffs. So, I guess you know, you thought maybe there'd be a, a chance of pushing on. But as we see with the National League, if you hit a, a dip in form or you know, the teams at the top spend millions on their squads, it's very hard to
2: maintain that. Well, it is. And their budget is actually, by all accounts, very similar to when they actually first came up back in 2015 and they made the playoffs finish third. And back then, they were thought of as one of the big spenders in the league. But now it's an average budget for the league. So, I mean, how is anybody really supposed to compete with Wrexham and Stockport, let alone Notts County and other clubs like that? It's so difficult now. And this season, it feels like you have to get 80-odd points to get to the playoffs now, which is unheard of because everybody, it feels like everybody in the top seven is almost getting two points a game. So it is a shame for Easy They haven't built on what they finished with last season there were one win from getting to the playoffs last season and you'd say they're actually over achieving and their budget's slightly bigger than it was last season so you thought they could push on but it just hasn't happened for them this season there's just been a little bit too much inconsistency and away from home they've only won two games away and they've not really looked like getting near a lot of teams away from home So that's been their big problem it's not hardly picking up any points on their travels and and do you
4: think this, you know, this inconsistency, what was the sort of recruitment like in the summer? How how did Ben Strevens build his squad? Do you think those players, I know you've got a couple of our ex-players in in Tom Whelan and Michael Kelly, who we had on loan last season. Um, mm. Have they been performing well? Are they in the team? What, what's the situation with those types of players?
2: Yeah, they're both playing. I mean, Michael Kelly's been, Kelly's been in and out really because they've got Harper on one side, on the left-hand side. So he's often been playing instead of him. So it's not been a real opportunity for him to consistently play games. He has started to recently, but he's been on a, a, a losing team, so it's been difficult for him to pick up momentum. Whelan's been excellent this season. He's particularly the first 15, 20 games. Uh, I feel he just needs to find his form again. But, I mean, what a player he is. I mean, he had fantastic cast field last season. Definitely a football league standard player. By all accounts, he's come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. So... They've both done okay. Uh, Jake Hesketh as well. He came in after leaving Southampton. Again, he's been in in and out of the team. And uh, the formation's changed sometimes. Sometimes it's been 3-5-2. Sometimes it's been 4-4-2. So it's been tough for someone like Jake Hesketh to really get his, well, really stamp his authority in the team, really. Uh, But they have put in some creativity. They've got more creativity than last season. But last season, their success was based on 18 clean sheets. And I think they've only picked up four or five this season, because they've lost a couple of their defenders through no fault of their own, and then when you lose probably seven or eight of the core of the squad, which you did last in the summer, even if you bring in some good players, it's so tough to be able to really push on, and they started off slowly, and they've not been able to recover from it since Okay, okay, yeah,
4: I yeah. think, yeah, you put on Tom Whelan, I mean, we had him for a cup of coffee, really, he signed and then went got sent out on loan, and then Next minute he's he's doing all right at Weymouth and then turns up at Chesterfield and I mean you know, I was surprised that he left there really because he mm. you know he was one of their their big players so um, yeah and to, you always thought he was probably going to go up rather than stay in the same league given his performance level so it's a bit of a bit of a coup for Eastley to get that calibre of player.
2: Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, Oldham were looking at him in the summer. So they wanted to sign him up on trial there. Obviously, it didn't happen there. So it is a coup. He's a player who feels like he's got a bit of everything his set pieces, fantastic penalty papers, corners, some great corners he's been putting in. I feel like they should have scored more corners this season, basically, because they've been so consistent. There's just not been anybody getting on the end of them. That's the problem. Uh, but he does, he's a real asset. And I think maybe he needs a bit of time, maybe a bit of a rest because it's been relentless for him. It's been playing all the time. Um, but there's no doubt that he's a real quality player there. And fantastic for Easeley to get him. I was shocked when they signed him, actually, because I thought he was one of the best players I've seen play against Easeley last season when he was at Chesterfield.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and, and off the pitch, so what's the sort of situation at Eastley? Obviously, we've got a lot of, um, you know, rumours and speculation surrounding us at the moment and, and what's going to happen with our club. Um, Eastleigh off the field, are they, uh, you know, are they stable? Are they a well-run club? What's the sort of situation there?
2: Yeah, they've never got themselves into debts. There was a concern four years ago when Stuart Donald left the club and then he went to Sunderland.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, that was a real concern, <laughs> what's going to happen with the club? But they've stabilised. I mean, what a great job the board have done there, Kenny Amor chairman and, and Tom Coffey as operations director. They've stabilised things without having nearly as much money as they had before. Um, but they've never got into debt, and they've somehow every year managed to find some gems and sell them on. And what was good, actually, talking to Rob Atkinson earlier, they actually received a huge amount of money from Rob Atkinson, who went to Bristol City from Oxford. easily had 20% percent salon on clause, and when they sold him earlier on to Oxford, so it sounds like he went for more than two million pounds. And if that's the case, then he would have got more than four hundred thousand pounds. So this two or three of those players they've picked up percentage clauses from. So that's stood, stood them in good stead, which is why I think their budget's gone up a lot this year. And there's always Stuart Donald being around in the background. Is he going to come back? Is he not? He wouldn't rule him out coming back one day. And if he does come back, then he's got big plans for the, for the team, I would have thought, and also the ground because he's, he's half redeveloped the ground. And I can imagine at one point, he probably want to come back and finish it all off.
4: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't realise he he'd sort of done a little bit of it and then gone. Yeah, so um, don't anticipate any Lee till I die documentaries if he does come back.
2: No, no, we need uh, what's his name, Charlie Methen, to come back and do that. I think. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what can
4: Yeovil supporters? Obviously, it's not too far for Yeovil Town fans to come mm. up on Saturday. What can they expect? Um. When they arrive, what sort of facilities are there at the club for supporters to enjoy?
2: Yeah, they're a lot better now. The supporters are housed behind the goal there in the green-seated stand. That always confuses people when they see the green seats. But well. sort of, uh, again, <laughs> the overall hopefully feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they'll be there behind the goal there and also a little bit of terracing to the side. So it all depends where they want to go, really. Um, it's always a good atmosphere. The away fans always, you know, especially the Oval, they'll come on and make a lot of noise I'm sure even though you know they are where well, they are at the table um, but it's, you know, it's good, good facilities there good uh, places to eat and drink um, and I think you know, it should all set it up for a decent atmosphere always good games between EC and Yeovil know, um, hopefully they'll enjoy a game of football yeah yeah.
4: fingers crossed and I, I look forward to listening to your commentary on Saturday hopefully you'll be commentating on a win for, for Yeovil but I won't get my hopes up too much just yet yeah.
2: No, I look forward to it. Um, it should be a good game. And I've not, uh, I've not actually met the manager yet, Darren Sahl. So I'll speak yeah. to him post-match and see how we get on.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you'll get on fine. Um, thank you very much for spending a bit of your evening uh, with, to talk to us on the Glovers cast. Really appreciate it.
2: No problem. Enjoyed it. Thank
4: you. That was Ian. And I am Ian too. There's so many Ians around at the moment, isn't there? staggering.
0: I say, I don't know how Marcus has got on BBC Radio being called Marcus. You've got, I mean <laughs> Ian yeah, seems to be the to way my
3: name. Yeah,
0: <laughs> unless you name Sheridan or Ian, you don't stand a chance. I don't think so. Oh yeah.
3: no! Yeah, Made better screws.
4: Yeah. Eastley, Eastley, Eastley. Right. Last. So good they named
0: it three times?
4: Yeah. Last season, Eastleigh, were all right, weren't they? Um, the the chat I had with Ian, they've sort of struggled a bit this season. Uh, went for a lot of change, a lot of change in the summer with players leaving and, and new players joining. Um, obviously, they've changed manager or they, they sacked Ben Strevens, or mutually or unmutually, um, got rid of Ben Strevens at the start of the year after losing to Dover and Dover hadn't won since February 2021 That so, is a sackable um, offence to me yeah. A- <laughs>
3: um,
4: yeah and so doesn't look like they're going to be replacing the manager but uh, anytime soon I think it seems like they might wait until the end of the season uh, because they're sort of in a safe position really just the season petering out um <laughs> is our season petering out do we need to you know we need to win are we at win them all stage we were at win them all stage at one point last year weren't we and dave what do you think
0: <laughs> to do what <laughs> you have to win them all to get in the playoffs is that what
4: you mean yeah yeah if you know We want to. We've
0: got to win all our games, and then possibly another three or four if we can find (laughs) any more, and to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I think. I think
4: you know, know, reading between the lines, you know what I'm getting at. You know, we're we're at a point, I think, at the season now where every game we don't win, we you know we drift further and further away, and we our season you know comes close to just. You know, mid-table obscurity. Yeah, fading away. Nothing to play for. What you know, you know, it's I know managers will say the Somerset don't... Premier Cup. <laughs> yeah, they'll say that. No, but no, they'll, you know, they'll say that you know they don't, you know, the seasons don't, you know, they won't let their players not play for the rest of the season, but you know, what what can you do as the season goes away and you've got nothing to play for? What what are they playing for? <laughs> Sending Weymouth down
0: on Easter Monday, that's what we're playing for, isn't it? Okay. I think, I think that's, that's why we third. lost to Wheelstone, yeah. Yeah, taking exactly. the three yeah. points. And part <laughs> of the master plan.
3: Yeah. We'll lose to Maidenhead in a couple of weeks. Absolute genius. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, if we if it, it does already, I mean, maybe I'm just being defeatist, and maybe this is where we need positive Barrett with us. But um, yeah, it does feel like a stretch too far when you look at the teams that are above us. And we have uh, I don't know how many times I've said it. If I had a pound for every time, I I, I a takeover bid myself. But we um we, we just don't have the squad, do we? And we mentioned about the manager alluding to the fact he just doesn't have the the players, and therefore he's playing young players who never really experienced this kind of um uh a season. He's playing the likes of Mark Little, Lawson Diaf, uh Ruben Reid, you know, players that have got injuries in them um and he can't he, he can't risk them all but as he as we saw on Tuesday he didn't risk two of them so we just don't have the players to be able to do it and uh I I I allowed myself to get sucked into a Twitter row on Tuesday night so I didn't sleep on it I just went straight in um whereas <laughs> for it when somebody's saying oh go on about the owner this has got nothing to do with the owner these uh you know overpaid footballers. I don't know what you think Town are being paid um, to be overpaid. You know, they still, they can't play two times in a week. What kind of, you know, professionals are they? And Darren Sarr, he's not good enough. He's not getting the best out of the players that he's got. So I, I Lost, I lost my rag with him a bit, <laughs> and uh, well, I ended up just saying, "Look, we're clearly never going to agree with each other here, so I'm just going to go to sleep." Um, so that's what I ended up doing. But but yeah, we just don't have the squad to to make the playoffs. I'm sorry, but I know that's negative, but I don't think we do. Yeah, tell me, Someone tell me about this me I
3: hate. It's it, when you it's, I in a weird way, I'd almost rather we were fighting. <laughs> So would I actually? I'd say I'd <laughs> rather we're fighting to stay up. But not not necessarily in the in the uh, relegation zone, but it's just you're right. You get to, we're only three games half the past the halfway stage, and it's just sort of well, what now? Like what what on earth? There's I think the playoffs is slightly beyond us now. Unless we get an incredible run like we did before Christmas, but even then, I'm not sure that'd be enough. And I, I really wish we were still in the trophy. Now, uh, if that would at least have something to get excited about, but and it's not even like Darren can start trying different things out, developing players, getting ready for next season because. I mean, if he wants to do that, then it's only Morgan Williams he should be playing. Oh, maybe that's why he's been playing every game at right back and left back. But <laughs> he's gonna have to play
0: everywhere next season, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Midfield on Saturday, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just it has just lost its I, I, I'm not as excited for every game as I as I was pre-Christmas. And it, it is a bit ridiculous, only a few games after the halfway stage, but it does seem like a a very tough task.
0: If I were being positive, I'd say there's 10 points between us and Wrexham, who are the bottom of the uh, the player. And as you say, if we go on a a, a great run, we could elevate ourselves up there. Other teams, everyone's got, you know, someone's got to lose, haven't they? Or someone's got to drop points at some point. So why not the teams above us? So, yeah, you know, as far as a calculator is concerned, there's still um, every chance that we can do it. But... We're going to have to find some pretty amazing form at some point, um, very soon. I would
3: think. I I don't even think it's how like how we're. It's it's just the goals at the end of the day. Without going back to it, like we we just cannot make it there with an average of it's exactly one goal a game, twenty six games, twenty six goals. It's just you can't get into the playoffs with that, with with a good defense as well. It doesn't even help things. It's just not feasible at all.
4: Yeah, you're right, and I, and I think you know your point about you'd rather be us battling relegation. Like, I don't think we would, but you know, all those times in the football league where we were sort of keeping our head above water, but you know, just about staying out of danger. At least there was a bit of like jeopardy. So at some point towards the end of the season, you'd be able to celebrate because ah, oh, we're not gonna go down. We're you know, we're still in League One. Um
3: yeah, it's, it's, yeah every, it is every every goal meant so much more during something like that. Like it's like yeah. this is so important. Whereas yeah. like if we win, like we'll we'll still do all the celebrations post-game and stuff, but it just feels a bit sort of futile like that's why we I think it feels more sort of magical in the first half of the season all those moments we think of where they're celebrating with the fans I always think of ones in the like early on in the season where it's like we could achieve anything but now (laughs) reality's hit a bit and (laughs) I think we can achieve mid-table so it's yeah, it, it, it just doesn't sort of. I have a dream. Much. Sorry, we, we need Ben here. We need. <laughs> we're getting far too downcast.
4: The downer cast. Um. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about Saturday. Um. We would like to think we're going to welcome back Lawson Diath and Mark Little. what well, based on what you saw on Tuesday night, what? Players would you change? What
3: what do you think you would do? Uh I'd probably throw Sonny in for uh Ruben. I don't I Sonny, I, I thought it was his game because we were missing someone just to bring the ball forward a bit, someone technically gifted. And he came on and it came on with sort of 35 minutes to go, and he didn't do anything until the last 10 minutes when he did start to look okay. But I think you've got to start him in something like that. So maybe. Barnett,
0: what's the situation
3: with Barnett? Is he He had ankle a, injury, didn't he?
0: Against we don't know uh, how it court, blew yeah. No, he didn't mention about a duration, but he said it, it looked pretty swollen after that solly old game, didn't he? So possibly but, in with a
3: Yeah, I would I would I would like to see Barnett back in. Uh who for, I don't know though, because he has that just <laughs> that energy, that lunatic's energy (laughs) where he just runs at players. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'd I'd like to see Little, I think, in as well. And Lawson, I I don't know if we start him. I I don't think, if he's fit, I don't think Darren will start him just because he hasn't played much football yet. He's played what, probably, when did he come on against Weymouth? 20 minutes to go or something? Yeah. He's probably played 90 minutes overall so I, I don't know if we'll start him but i'd li- i'd definitely like to see him on the bench for the final half hour if we need him um, yeah he was <laughs> he changed the game for us in the solihull
4: match we we played totally different with him on the pitch and i know it wasn't planned and it wasn't um you know it wasn't necessarily what uh, darren so wanted to do but we looked we looked a better side with him it was like you said there's that fear of anything happening to him when he comes on and I think towards the end he did go down and it was just cramp but I was fearing the worst
3: that's the thing you, you don't get many of those types of players as well in this league like Lawson and we're lucky to have one and uh, yeah you, you'd like to see him as much as possible but also yeah that I if he gets injured I would, I would firstly feel incredibly bad for him like his Last year, but also, we really need someone like that. Like, if most of the teams in the lower half don't have that sort of playmaker, they just have midfielders who are more sort of physical, and you can see it makes for quite turgid sort of games sometimes. Whereas with DF, we do look a completely different side.
4: Yeah, Dave, you're going down, aren't you? You're making the trip.
0: I am, yeah, it's a very long way from where I live, I tell you. So, there's got to be something for it. But, I mean, last time. I made a trip We won, So there you go. Well, if that's, that's all I can say.
4: If that's not a positive omen, I don't can know what Do You start up front.
0: You are desperate if you're putting me up front. In fact, we are desperate, aren't we? So maybe I'll take my boots. <laughs>
4: Looking have forward got- to seeing that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> me too, yeah. <laughs> uh, have we got questions?
4: We have. Uh, I'm on the hashtag. Okay. Um, I'll... Uh, start them uh first question is from deb's curtis if you were the owner of everything at ytfc what would you do with the land <laughs> does that include Ruben reed do i own Ruben
0: reed as well if <laughs> I, uh, you do yeah uh, um what would i do with the land well i'd keep it as a car park uh, um, a astroturf a training pitch a stadium I I I keep it all, but I would invest in it and use it in a more meaningful way. This is assuming I'm an owner that's got some kind of finance behind me, isn't it? I'm assuming.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, <how are> <laughs> I'm not
0: just some bloke who just owns this, and I've spent <laughs> every penny I've got and and a lot of other pennies that I don't have onto uh on on onto it. But I mean, it should be kept for sporting use, I think.
4: What, yeah I what, think, I think when you look at the covenant that is on those top pitches I think you know it would be made for some sort of sporting you know sporting facility yeah yeah but, you know I'd like um we used to have a place down here it was the called strike and it was basically a warehouse where you could go and play four-a-side it was like an indoor astro turf thing and it was great fun it was an absolute sweatbox in summer and you you know you nearly die playing but it's closed down now but I would love something like that like loads of those sort of pitches and that type of thing you know like I just we're the only professional football club in Somerset like why don't we have that as the you know Somerset center of excellence or something like that where we get kids playing football women playing football walking football all the football all the time (laughs)
0: <laughs> they make you like sew t-shirts in there as well, do they? For like matalan or something. Uh, you said it was a
4: sweatbox. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, oh, it was hot. Oh, <laughs> it was right, a, t- okay,
4: right, a tin right. build. It's like a, it's like a warehouse on a trading estate. So oh it's just right, a tin- okay. it's like a tin building. Okay, that just heats up, soaks up all the heat. exponentially, right, okay. and Black. yeah, it's good fun seven. though some
0: vision of you with modern slavery or something, uh, you know. No, some no,
4: just a slave to the game. That's me. <laughs>
3: slave to the game. <laughs> what, you, what, would you do, what would you do, Marcus? Yeah. Uh, I get some umbrellas, so it's a puddle-free zone. That would be good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd really like to see... Going to a lot of these other grounds, I think on a match day, I think of Grimsby... I think they'd just been taken over when we went there, but there's like a sort of fan zone-y area type square with a bar on one sort of side. you got food, you got some music playing for pre-match where people get there sort of hours before the match, just to, I don't know if you've been to Exeter in the home end, but they've got something like that. And it's a really, people are sort of buzzing about and it's a really good atmosphere. Um, Just somewhere where people can sort of socialise and drink and eat warm food, sort of thing. But yeah, warm water
4: in the toilets if we want (laughs) to—kind of madness. (laughs) Yeah, good ideas. You can have them. Um, Nick Manning asked: Has anyone missed the green room? Well, are you on the green <laughs> yeah. room, Coxy? Marcus, you might. Are you yeah. a bit young for the green room? Do you know the green room? Yeah, remind me. It, it, might, it might trigger somebody. Was a message
3: board, post, side space? It was a <laughs> post
4: side uh, space yeah, was forum. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, pre,
3: pre, my time. I'm afraid.
4: Yeah. Um,
0: well, I noticed that Marking Lucas has answered this question, saying, "I was one of the moderators, so no, I don't miss it." <laughs> it must have been an absolute nightmare to stop people getting libelled or God knows what else. Yeah.
4: I mean, I guess I kind of missed that, that type of place you could go to to leave comments that was a little bit more like you had to make an effort because you had to log into it to do it. You had to set up an account to be able to post and that type of thing, which I know you have to do on Facebook, but everyone's on Facebook and uh, anyone can post anything. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, felt a bit more structured than you know, a comment thread that then goes, rah, over here, and then all of a sudden, ah, <laughs> and you've got everyone shouting at everyone. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the space forum back in the day was probably the peak, yeah. the peak of forums. I think I
3: found the website, and it says, latest post, AJ Leach-Smith, June 28th, right. 2014.
0: <laughs> probably about right, yeah, yeah. I think the side of space thing, just you needed uh, badges, endless patience with people, didn't you? And is, uh, yeah, can you please not swear at each other? And can you please not say libelous things to people? <laughs> uh, yeah, you wouldn't think you need to tell people these things. But yeah, so no, I don't miss the green room. No, I don't.
4: Okay. Um, who is you? I'm just, it's IT Botham. I presume he means Ian Botham. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) A scorer at Wealdstone in 1985. The most famous person to pull on a Yeovil shirt. Anyone else generally famous outside of football ever played for the Glovers?
3: (sighs) I mean... What about uh, John Barrowman's nephew? (laughs) (laughs) What happened to that? (laughs) Yeah, whatever happened
0: to John Barrowman's nephew? Yeah, so he's the most famous outside of football... Spectator that we've had at a training match, isn't he, John <laughs> yeah. Barrowman yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of anyone else he's played. for. there must have been some. Somebody must have played for us in a charity game or something like that, mustn't they? He must have had like I don't know, Timmy Mallet or Keith Cegwin or someone like that. Marcus is looking at me like, who are these? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I he's go- now he's googling Keith Chegwin. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. definitely not. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't don't, think... don't, Okay, so don't Google Keith joking. No, I, I,
4: t- I mean, Ian Botham's pretty famous, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, uh... that's not a bad <laughs> level.
0: <laughs> no, no, uh, I can't think of one. Of you I have to, I, I have to throw that one to Nigel Dyson. He'll, he'll have someone. He'll think of someone.
4: We'll come there'll back pe- to you. Hugh. There'll be people screaming, like well, yeah. everyone screams during the quiz when they listen. I um, keep
3: thinking Alan Pardew, but obviously he is famous for football. That's
4: he did he do that some... dance, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He is, he is famous for some non-footballing reasons as well, or infamous perhaps for some non-footballing reasons. Next question. Next question. Andy Cleve, looking ahead to next season, amongst all the uncertainty, is Yeovil-born and Matt Buse currently at Wealdstone, out of contract this summer, but formerly of Taunton and Torquay, the sort of local talent we should be attempting to sign? Only 24, so it could be worth a look. Did he like pay... That...
3: Did he play? Oh. He wasn't in the squad. He wasn't in the squad. I, I saw him in the when I was preparing. And I I think so I think he was in Yeovil's academy for a year. And then he went to Weymouth. And then he's been in sort of Bath, uh, Torquay. I think it was at Dagenham last season. But apparently he still lives in Yeovil mm-hmm. but commutes to uh to Weildstone and did to Dagenham last season. He was so, a Taunton,
0: uh, wasn't he? I think that's where Cleveland... Yeah, Taunton, was thinking yeah. It. I think it was a Taunton, wasn't he? Uh... Well, um, yeah. I
4: don't know. If you've got players on your doorstep who are in the league, Get I don't know why. In. Yeah.
0: He's okay. looking him up. He scored against Needham Market. So, you know, he's doing better than most I of ours, know. isn't he? So...
4: <laughs> yeah. Or Morgan, Morgan Williams scored against Needham Market. So... Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's two goals for us next He was since that game, wasn't
3: he, Williams?
4: No, he was right I think that... back.
3: Oh, was he? Oh yeah. okay. Oh yeah, that's that's why he scored. <laughs> yeah. He was a sweeping. There was one game he did play centre back, but I can't remember what it was.
0: <laughs> when did Mark Ma- Morgan Williams <laughs> ever play centre back? That's the that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you can answer that, you can do the quiz next week. How about that? Um
4: Cleaver, Clevo's on the hat trick tonight. Oh, he's got a hat trick. Uh, is Dave looking forward to his trip to Cheddar next Tuesday on the 15th of Feb? Asking on behalf of our friend from the Green and White Sports Club. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs>
0: no, I'm not because I'm not going. And I've told Jake Farrant, who constantly abuses me about not attending the most important, and he is right, he is the most important trophy because it's the only one we'll win. So, um, Or the only one we've got a chance of winning. So he's right. But no, I'm not looking forward to it because I'm not going. I might, off. I might
4: go. Go?
0: That's a Cheddar fan. <laughs> Do it. If I didn't have to travel 200, 500 miles around to get there, I'd probably go as well. I,
4: I've planted the seed with a boss. So, yeah. um, you know, I know it's the night after Valentine's, but what better Where way to swim? Take <laughs> yeah.
3: Her, yeah? yeah. She, lo- she loves cheese.
0: Yeah.
3: Romance. <laughs> <laughs> the Somerset Premier Cup <laughs> yeah. um, How many goals do you think you'll see in that game Ian? <laughs> uh, none <laughs> Penalties yeah. yeah we might get a penalty
4: <laughs> Del Gorman dispatch it um, Another one from Clevo uh, <laughs> That was a sigh <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, was, it... was the
0: attend?
4: Was the away attendance announced on Tuesday night or does the Wealdstone Raider have a point? Got no fans. <laughs> you got, got no, no ground.
0: ground. <laughs> 135. I, Nigel I, Dyson asked a question. He said 135.
3: That's how right I've really gutted. I didn't see the... Uh, the wheelstone radio. Yeah, that does sound about right. They didn't say it on the or yeah. But they looked about right. They were in... Some, they were right above... Uh, both managers dugouts. like literally right above. So uh, I'm sure they made their feelings. No, I was on the other side, unfortunately. But... Sometimes to be fair, I don't like being right above the managers, <laughs> especially during closed behind closed doors last season. No fans. If I said anything, <laughs> Darren would sometimes turn and look up and be like, "Did he hear me say something?" Or yeah, <laughs> hide behind my my glass window in your ivory tower.
4: Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was another. There was another couple. I think. Um, I can see why They one... might not have used the hashtag. Oh, okay. There was one
0: from um, uh, Chris Angelo, wasn't there? Yeah. Chris Angelo, well, we may have answered that one. If when Lawson Diaf is fully fit, um, does he come straight back into the starting 11? An and if so, who misses out? Do we change the formation to accommodate him?
1: I think When he's uh... fully fit,
3: we definitely bring him back in. I don't really see any reason why not. To be honest, I think we're screaming out for him. Uh, I don't think we need to change the formation necessarily. Uh, He did do well back back end of last season in the diamond, in that the base of it, but I think we'd rather Staunton was there, to be honest, and make Lawson a bit freer.
0: So who misses out, Worthington or Gorman, then, if you're keeping Staunton?
3: It probably is... The thing is, if we don't have a, either of Worthington or Barnett, then we miss that sort of energy that those two bring. Uh, and I do really like Gorman. <laughs> I don't know. The manager ain't going to drop Gorman, is he? I think ha- I think
4: Worthington... I think Worthington will be sacrificed for Diaf. Yeah, I'd say Worthington. Unless, unless you move Diaf further up and played him behind... Wakefield and Knowles. Um, Can he do uh, a job up front? (laughs) I think we need him in the middle. I think just his, yeah. And I, I don't think we want him too far up, too far away from like the defense because he's certainly against Solihull, he was so willing to take the ball off the defenders and run with it or, you know, move it like forward. So I think. I think in one of those central midfield spots would be the best place for him. We kind of played, um, I think Ian called it the box. We kind of played the box against Solihull because. Which Ian? Which of <laughs> the many Ian's there
0: are in BBC Ian, broadcasting?
4: Ian Randall because we had Staunton and Gorman as like the, let's call them the, you know, the, the top of the square, the top of the box. And then Worthington and. Diaf, or like the bottom of the box. So they were really narrow and it was just like we had a, a square in midfield rather than a diamond as such. It was um yeah, that was how we played. It was quite narrow, at which point, you know, you want not Morgan Williams bombing forward.
0: Did Morgan Williams bomb forward at all? <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um there was another question from James Drew. Um, Can someone explain what sort of witchcraft Eastleigh Ticketing Office is using? Ordered four tickets and they sent a text with a QR code for the whole group (laughs) on to scan at the ground. This needs to be one of the first things brought into Hewish Park next season. Well, why when we can
0: print out a thousand... Hundred thousand tickets over a course of a season. Maybe don't sell that many tickets, do we? But a yeah. hundred thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe I'm being a bit optimistic there, but um, about what's going to happen next season. But yeah, I completely agree. I've got tickets. So I went to Solly. I woke him with the same. Um, and yeah, I've just got the ticket on your phone. Dip, scan it. I mean, how much can it take? How much can they cost to scan a QR QR code scanners for all the Turnstiles can't can't cost much, can it?
4: Probably not. But can I? You know, it wouldn't be a Glover's cast without someone playing Devil's Advocate. Go on. Can I say that I like having a ticket? Mm-hmm. There's something a, there's something about having a ticket.
0: I reckon Ian's got a scrapbook somewhere, isn't he? That he pastes all his. his well, t- a lot of my old Why ones. Why can't he just write a, a, QR in. <laughs> a, just
4: my... a QR code in? A lot of my QR coded. I've got loads of old programmes that when I've been to the game I've put the ticket inside the programme and then shoved it in a shoved it in a box. So like I have got that type of thing and I like that. I like tickets. I got gig tickets from like it annoys me that I have to print out a gig ticket now rather than get a nice ticket through the post that so I can be like, "Oh yeah, I went to see Franz Ferdinand at the Orange Box in 2007." It was brilliant. Or 2008. <laughs> i like tickets there you are tickets, yeah, right.
3: i've got to say i've got all my old tickets as well from when i started going got them all somewhere but in the same way i think yeah you, you maybe you should have the option but like <laughs> a train ticket nowadays but <laughs> collect from yeah. station but yeah i mean, I mean qr I d- code is quite easy isn't it i
4: do you know i see the you know four tickets and all you've got to do is scan one code you know that's the dream, if you're going as a group, isn't it? You know, it's one person in charge of it, and you don't have to <laughs> faff around. But yeah, I think we all agree that we need some sort of technological upgrade across.
0: <laughs> I do love them calling QR code a technological upgrade. It's like a like it reinventing the wheel or something, isn't it? But
4: well, oh, we know they can use QR codes because we've got them all. They're all, I think, they're all still smattered around the ground from when we had to check in everywhere when we. Yeah. Know, last year but yeah it'd be good it'd be good to have some technology it'd be good to just be able to turn up put the turnstile and be like there you are it? rather than round one side get my ticket back around all these things
0: bring on the revolution eh
4: <laughs> <laughs> the revolution will not be televised
0: we always lose on television <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> right David have you got anything to throw to or is that, is that <sighs> us done
0: now come on that is not us done is it because the only way that we finish the Glover's cast every Friday morning is with your favourite Glover's cast quiz <laughs> Right, well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast Quiz, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got another contestant today. You correctly answered, although with a little bit of help from some research, I think uh, the, uh, the the answer to our weekend question, which anyone saw on our Twitter, we put our little flash quiz uh, set by our historical oracle, Mister Nigel Dyson, asking about two former Oval Town players who were playing. In the FA Cup, Ooh, I can't remember what round it was, we were playing in the FA Cup at the, um, at the weekend. Now, uh, one of them was playing for Plymouth Argyle and one of them was playing for Kidderminster Harriers. So uh, the person who did correctly guess uh, both answers was Craig West. So, Craig, firstly, welcome to the Glover's Cast Quiz.
4: Thank you very much,
2: Sharon. Good to be here.
0: And what was the answer for the Plymouth Argyle and the Kidderminster Harriers players?
3: It was Joe Edwards and with a little bit from my little bit of help from my friend Mr. Google, it was <laughs> Caleb Richards.
0: It was, it was, and I, I have to confess, even Nigel, he's pretty hot on these kind of things. He had to look it up as well because I don't yeah. think Caleb Richards even played a minute for us, did he? But, no, I don't think he did. No, no, no. So he was, but but nevertheless, you know, we're uh, we're an open church here, so we like <laughs> to uh, to welcome new visitors. So thank you for um for doing the quiz. He, he got a bit of a tough act to follow because I don't know if you heard last week, but Elliot who uh, who came on, he got four out of five correct answers, oh, no. which is almost a clean sweep we almost had to invite him back but uh, but unfortunately not so I've got five questions for you here and uh, if 15. you've been listening the uh, the rules of the game are I'll ask uh, you uh, five Oval Town theme questions some of them will be multiple choice some of them won't um, but you then have 30 seconds with which to answer their question if you get five out of five you get to come back next week um, and it', it you, you, well, you've got to get four out of five to uh, to get yourself to the joint top of the uh, of the board. Do you fancy your chances, Craig?
3: I'll be happy with one out of five, sir. Happy, with, happy one with one out of five.
0: <laughs> well, let's see if we can get that underway. Then, right, uh, <coughs> your time starts when I ask the question. I'll finish the question. Thanks. I should say. So here we go. Question number one: If you put all the post-war Yeovil Town players in alphabetical order by surname. Who would be last?
1: Which oh. player
0: would be last if you put all the post-war Yovertown players in alphabetical order by surname? Oh. And I'll, I'll give you a little clue. He played for us between November 2015 and June 2019. I'm seriously going to kick myself. My mind has gone blank. Um. A centre forward, no. Think about the back end of the alphabet.
1: I am, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh have, no. Gonna have to give you three, two. No, it's one. gone. It's gone. You are gonna kick yourself with this one, I think. Francois Oko. Oh, no. <laughs> well, don't worry, because you still got four more chances to get your one out of five. So we're we're, we're oh, that be was probably the easy one right. as well. That uh, the easy one. It was one of the easier ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, right. Well, come on, put yourself together, Craig. We, we, okay. we can you got this. You got this. Let's okay, so question number two. This is a multiple choice. Yoval town were founder members of what is now known as the National League. There are four other founder members who play at this level today. Which of the following teams was not, was not a founder member of the National League? Was it A? Altringham B Barnet C Wildstone D Weymouth or E Woking which one, is not? which one is it not yeah there's four that's, that were of that list and one that wasn't so it's Altringham Barnet Wildstone Weymouth or Woking you've got a one in five chance here yeah <laughs> <sighs>
3: I'm going to hope. Go on. It's Weymouth.
0: The correct answer is Woking. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there was four. So, Altingham, Barnett, Wilston and Weymouth, along with Oval were all founder members of the uh, what is now the National League. So, OK, three more chances to get you one out of five. Question number three. Name the teenage striker who made a nine-minute substitute appearance for Yeovil Tell in November 2020, but still went on to join Queen's Park Rangers on a transfer. I said Came on as an 81st-minute oh, substitute for Lawson Diaf in a home game against Hartlepool in November 2020. And he, he played quite a lot for our youth team last season. And then he went on to Joined Queens Park Rangers uh, towards the end of last season. His name was what was his name? I think he was 18 years old. Yeah,
3: I, 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 I can picture, I can picture him, but yeah. I can't get the name of Devon Arnold <laughs> out my head, and I know it's not him. Oh no, oh. it's
0: not Devon Arnold. No, no,
3: it's not. I know, no. 100% <laughs> it's not. But it's the name that keeps going and popping in my head every time I think. Oh <laughs> no.
0: Um. Gonna have to give you
3: no the I, three, two, one. No.
0: The, the, oh. an, the answer is Alfie Lloyd.
3: Alfie Lloyd, yeah.
0: Alfie Lloyd, yeah. yeah. He was the one, like I say, 81st minute substitute for Lawson Piaf and a home game as Paul in November 2020. Played nine minutes, but still we got a fee yeah, for him to no. keep our So, not, 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 not a bad bit of business that. Okay, no, so still two no. more chances, Craig. Come on, two more chances here. Okay, so question number four. Uh, and this is a multiple choice, so don't worry when you hear the start of this. In the 1975 76 season, Yeovil Town yeah. played their most competitive games ever in one season. But how many competitive games did they play that year? 1975 76 was it either A, 67, B, 72, or C, 80? How many games do Yeovil Town, competitive games, do Yeovil play in the season of 1975 76? Is it 67, 72, or 80?
3: Oh, in the words of the chase, go down the middle if you don't know 72.
0: The correct answer is 80. Oh,
1: God.
0: <laughs> yeah, so 70, 42 <laughs> Southern League games, 12 Western Counties Floodlit League. Ten cup games, eight FA Cup games, five Somerset Premier Cup game, two FA trophies, and one Western Counties Floodlit Cup tie. So there you wow. go.
3: That was a busy football old season. No yeah,
0: footballers don't no need these. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, eighty games in a season that was something else, right? Okay. Well, Craig, you said you wanted to get one out of five, so this is your this is your chance to get your <laughs> one out of five. It's question number five. Where was Yeovil Town fullback Mark Little? Born, was it A Worcester, B Bristol, or C Reading? <sighs> A Worcester, B Bristol, or C Reading? Where was Mark Little uh, born?
2: Oh. Right,
0: Reading you going C, ready?
3: I'm going C, ready. I don't like your laugh. <laughs> the
0: answer is A, Oh, Worcester. come on. Oh, great. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> to be fair, that, 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 that was that was a bit of a tough one. That was a bit of a tough one. You're going to be kicking yourself about Zoko, though, aren't you? Oh, that's honestly... I'm not going to sleep
4: tonight. Not <laughs> oh, really. I cannot no. believe
0: it. I feel, I, feel, I feel guilty now that you I've, know, uh, I've like, done that you to know, you.
3: It just, when I think of Zoka now, it's that penalty miss in the FA Cup. Like, oh, you know, uh, you know what, I'm done.
0: Don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me. Well, Craig, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, yeah, thanks very thanks much for much being a good mate.
3: sport. No yeah, worries at all. You.
0: Hope you keep on listening.
3: Yeah, all the best. Cheers. Cheers. And with a quick turn,
2: skipper Alex Dox lands it in. There's
3: Lindergaard making for his back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found by via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil.
4: Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start.
2: Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead.
4: Stansfield, good turn away from
2: Tron. Goal.